create something amazing. Opportunities are like diamonds. Now there's something very exhilarating about having a dream so big that it kind of scares you a little bit. It gives you drive, it gives you ambition, it gives you motivation, something amazing that you can walk towards. fascination in our dreams and I wish each and every one of you with all of my heart that you and your beautiful dreams come true. Hello children, it is Rupak in the future talking to you in your present from the past. Back again this lamentable final week of October. Halloween just a short three days away. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like I will be doing much this year, but that's okay. For as much as I like Halloween, I also don't necessarily make too much of a fuss about it. At least not since getting older. So, like I said, final week of October, there was a nice, nice, nice rainstorm that came through earlier on Monday. But, it has been bright and sunny since. Today, actually, it was about 80. So, that's fall in Los Angeles for ya. Anyway, there's a weird kind of, uh, like I said, I love Halloween despite uh, the outward lack of celebration. I think it just has to do with, more to do with like really good, really good childhood memories. I'd say really the last time that I can remember truly enjoying Halloween is back around middle school or so. Still having that excitement of dressing up, hanging with your friends, and you know, being old enough that I could hang out after school, get into all sorts of trouble. I think also just, you know, the fact that leaving school and walking home, the sky would be 
a little grayer, a little darker. It's a weird thing, you know, when you're a kid, you just kind of want to be an adult, so. Very weird kind of uh, adult feeling, I guess. Leave school, walk home, maybe stop and grab something to eat if cash was available. And something about walking home and that the dusk, you know, just before it gets dark, but big cloudy sky and street lights turning on. Yeah. Days don't quite hit the same once you've grown up and I don't know. <laughs> Leaving work once it gets dark just feels like you spent all fucking day at work and it sucks. <laughs> you, know, you leave to school and it's dark and come back and it's dark and I don't know. It just feels like you did something with your day. Hanging out with the boys. Once you grow up and you gotta do it for work, it's, uh, yeah, just absolutely does not hit the same. Yeah. I think also I've been thinking a lot about middle school because, I'd say two reasons for the most part. Uh, reason one is there's a new Will Smith movie about the Williams twins Venus and Serena and how you know they were brought up and how hard they trained to become the best tennis players to ever come out of Compton, California and uh it reminds me of middle school because it was around that time when I was in middle school. Uh, super late 97, 98, 99. <clears throat> where they kind of, where they first, you know, became like public figures. And everyone was kind of fascinated by them and they were kicking all kinds of ass. And, uh, <laughs> reminds me of middle school because, uh, I remember my friend Pip, one day after gym class, um, we all had to line up against this fence before we could go into the locker room to change, and they would kind of let it you know, kind of split it up into groups, so, basically whoever, you know, the further in, not the further in, I'm sorry, the, the, uh, 
The faster you lined up, right, the closer you were to the front, the more likely you would be able to go into change. And then, uh, be free to go to lunch and I clearly remember one day lining up against the fence and you know kind of being too cool for school never really gave a shit so you know it's nothing lamer than some dork trying to run to the front of the line so we would just walk over but uh as we're standing there, up against the fence, you can hear someone on the other side of these handball courts, you know, just really going hard at it. All kinds of grunting and even sneaker screeches somehow on the asphalt. So finally, as the line moves forward, and I can see around the wall it's my friend Pip and he's covered in sweat and he's just playing playing tennis against the handball court and I've never forgotten it because it just cracked me up so hard at the time I go Pip what the hell are you doing and without skipping a beat, without looking over, he just yells, Penis Williams! <laughs> and, like I said, to this day, I still think about him trying to become Penis Williams. <laughs> Obviously he was joking, he was making a joke, but, I don't know, I miss, I miss something about that, not, not immature sense of humor, because it's kind of immature, like it's a smart bit, uh, I, I, I miss that childlike dedication that we could have to making each other laugh you know like before gym class was over he had to get a racket get a ball and then as we all lined up play hard as fuck against no one <laughs> to the point where he's all red and sweaty and just to make the joke because he knew one of us would ask what the fuck are you doing and that man it cracked me up and like I said, every now and then, I still think about Penis Williams. So, yeah, that new movie, 
<laughs> Every time I see the trailer, <laughs> all I can think about is uh, that red, red, chubby little kid running back and forth, smacking the shit out of a tennis ball for the sake of comedy. You know, so in general, speaking about, you know, those immature kind of days, it's a weird thing when, when we were kids, how seemed so normal to us, but I think because of the popularity of like kind of extreme shock comedy in a way, kind of like the Howard Stern type of stuff or South Park at the time was new and uh, really kind of pushed the envelope. So I remember during gym class, of course, there would always be some kind of like roast battle going on between whoever was, you know, down to go a few rounds. Man, I remember some, just hearing some fucked up shit get said back and forth. Not mean-spiritedly, but mean-spirited enough that, obviously, the point of a roast battle is you want to win. I don't know. It's just weird how... normal and kind of free to do it we were you know and then now as an adult and I would say understandably so you know like you couldn't possibly do that at a work site workplace or any kind of professional setting you know maybe if there's someone you get along with and you're really cool with them (laughs) but even then you know you can't openly do it like uh, we were definitely able to back then I don't know it's weird like I said I remember so clearly hearing stuff that you know I think nowadays even even your more edgy comedy clubs and and all that, you know, you might not, might not get that same caliber of combined wit and immaturity and just quality, quality insult comedy. 
And like I said, I mean, it was like a daily occurrence. I heard so much shit that I, I just even can't even remember. There's one in particular that always comes to my mind. And uh, I know for a fact it wasn't even the worst one. It was just... I remember, I think it stuck with me because it, it just, it was such a quick, in the moment kind of thing. Uh, funny enough, it was Pip again. Him and uh, some Cholo kid were, uh, you know, doing a little roast battle back and forth and it ended up getting into the realm of your mom this and your mom that and basically the kid said something like fucking devastating <laughs> and Pip without, again without missing a fucking beat that kid was fucking sharp he said something about uh, it was summertime so something about his mom the other kid's mom cutting off the kid's dick, putting it in the freezer, <laughs> and then sucking it off later. <laughs> Again, not the funniest thing, but in the moment, in the flow of the battle, of the back and forth, it was just, it seemed so fucking ruthless. <laughs> fucking funny it's, it's obviously ridiculous you know but man I don't know it's crazy I think I just really miss miss that excitement, you know, of, uh, what might happen, what might get said, it's just like all, all middle school, I was, I guess, pretty lucky to have fucking hilarious friends, and just always looking forward to that next fucking crack up. I remember my, uh, <laughs> my, I used to hang out, uh, with my best friend, Rage, and, you know, some days we would just chat about bullshit, fucking cartoons or arcades or whatever stupid shit we were obsessing with that week, that day. And, uh, but of course, you know, anytime we could break out into a bit, you know, again, full commitment, full, <laughs> just full fucking just cracking you up as far as you can take it. So, uh, somehow, some way, Rage came up with a character. Uh, <laughs> I think it happened because he bit 
a slice of orange that was too big and then he tried to say something or I don't know what happened but basically he ended up like grumbling moaning through the orange slice and I must have I, I don't know if I said it or who said it he said it he came up with it again so fucking long ago but the joke ended up being that it sounded like a cow a cow having sex and uh you know being middle schoolers anything to do with sex is just gonna be the fucking funniest shit so from that point forward it was just uh a fairly regular occurrence that the cow having sex would visit us during lunch. Especially if uh, one of us was drinking something, you know. Nothing like a spit take to get you celebrating. And yeah. just not the same once you uh, grow up and move away beyond that. There's a really, I guess, short of becoming a professional comedian, you know, not much that can be done. But that's how it goes. Anyway, I was also thinking about, uh, oh my god, I just remembered another one. Can't remember how it happened or when it happened, but, of course, late 90s, super immature children. one of the bigger insults that you could launch at each other is being gay. You're gay, or this is gay, or... But, uh... That can only go so far. And, uh... I remember it just ended up getting to the point where... (laughs) In class or whatever, dudes would, like, put each other's hands on their knees... (laughs) joke was like trying to reach up and touch their wieners and oh man just trying to see who could take it the furthest basically gay chicken I guess right that's what you would call it but man don't put it past the creativity of uh, bored young men (laughs) to just take that as far as it can go Anyway, I remember, you know, some kids wouldn't handle it so well, or only to a point. So, 
when the jokes would start flying, eventually someone would be like, fuck you, I'm straight. <laughs> fuck you, I'm straight, I'm straight, man. And I, again, who knows who said it, where it was said, or whatever. But someone went, straight gay. <laughs> And that was a game changer. <laughs> Straight game. also been thinking about, I guess, just that general time in my life, because uh, I can't even remember what it was now, but something reminded me of uh, an arcade, or going to an arcade, <clears throat> and know what it was that reminded me, but then it just got me thinking to, like, how kind of bad I feel for, like, my brother's kids, you know, that it's not that they don't know what an arcade machine is, but they have never, I don't think they've ever experienced an, an arcade, you know. And, uh, it's just something that, I guess I'm happy, I'm really glad that I got to experience because, again, just one of those better things in life when I was a kid. As I mentioned earlier, right, when you're a kid, you just kind of want to be a grown-up, and, uh, I remember, I couldn't do it every weekend, but there used to be a comic book shop here in Southgate. It was called Legion, Legion Comics, and it was owned by, like, some older white people, but run by their kids, their kids and the kids' cousins, I guess, so they were like these older, I say older now, like I'm talking mid, late 20s dudes, that, uh, man, that place was fucking just magic when I was a kid. They, uh, obviously, they sold comic books, but they also sold, like, rare action figures, like 
all these Japanese Ultraman variations. I remember they had a bunch of like Japanese Godzilla dolls and you know all the monsters associated with Godzilla. A bunch of video game stuff but uh very obvious back then that it wasn't it definitely came from somewhere else you know it wasn't the stuff you couldn't go to Toys R Us or KB Toys and get that same kind of thing it was something uh, like they just had these special collections you know and I remember they had Pokemon Pokemon toys before Pokemon toys out here were even a thing. Like, fuck, Dragon Ball Z characters. All that shit. And again, you know, early days of the internet, so, like, not, I don't think eBay was that huge yet, like it was a thing, but Certainly, Amazon wasn't anywhere what it is today. So yeah, it's just... I remember on weekends, if I could save it, if not, I'd maybe ask, you know, my mom or dad for five bucks. And then I would rollerblade over. And every time it was like just a different, a different thing going on, you know? That's definitely the first place that I ever saw like people playing card games, you know? And that seemed cool as hell, because, you know, I was a dumb kid. But it was also, they would host, like, Pokemon battles. And, uh, you know, you could take your little, your Game Boy and your cable and trade Pokemon with people for different versions, you know, of the game. Well, back then it was either red or blue. And then a short while later, yellow. But you could just show up there and uh, I don't know. I remember I got my ass beat by like some teenager and to this day, in my mind, he was somehow cheating, but really looking back on it, I'm pretty sure he just had played way more hours than I had, so even though my Pokemon were all, like, level 100, he just had just way, a way better developed, uh, I really miss 
I really miss those days. That place had arcade cabinets. It was a little spot, so they only had space for like four. But man, did they fucking pick them. And they would rotate them out every now, now and then. But the main setup that I remember was uh, Dragon Ball Z uh, fucking cabinet, which was always packed and just blew my mind that it even existed. They had uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, which was sometimes just, uh, I think it was the X-Men fighting game. If not X-Men vs. Street Fighter, they would kind of swap those out. They had Power Stone, which, as well, always had a crowd around it. And King of Fighters. And King of Fighters you could sometimes get a go at, but obviously King of Fighters is uh, for your more serious fighting game enthusiasts. But yeah, they definitely knew how to pick them. Man, I remember I could go there with my fucking five dollars, trade them for quarters, and just spend all fucking day there. Just listening to the to these fucking nerds talk about nerd shit. <laughs> but it all seemed so interesting and so, you know. Definitely had like a community, community kind of feeling to it. And I remember then you know, once my quarters ran out, or whatever, they would also just play movies, like, all kinds of different anime. And every now and then, of course, one of those animes would be like a, like a Spanish dub of like Dragon Ball Z. If not a straight up Japanese, subtitled, Dragon Ball Z movie, you know? I just remember thinking, like, holy shit, that's awesome, like, like, what the fuck, Goku's blonde? <laughs> All kinds of shit like that. Again, you know, days before the internet, so... Seeing all this kind of shit in person for the first time was just fucking intense, you know, surreal. I remember they had a copy of the Pokemon episode that was like banned in America, and they just put it on, and we just all watched it, you know, no kind of epilepsy warning or anything, and, uh, yeah, I just remember it's like poly, it was Polygon. It was a Polygon episode, and it's like a Polygon finding another Polygon, and 
all kinds of red and blue and white and yellow flashing on the screen. Luckily, I'm not photosensitive, so that was okay, but definitely could see how that might affect someone negatively. And then sadly, I think, uh, don't really know, but I think the story was always that something had happened to one of the owners, and so they just had to give up the store. I remember it closed for a while, and they slowly took out their inventory. Eventually it became like a restaurant, which I think is still there, so good for them, but man, the memories. Anyway, I don't think I have much more to offer. So, of course, before I go, thank you to my executive producers. If you would like to contribute to this podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com slash 2ampod. That is T-W-O-A-M-P-O-D. would rather not, that's perfectly fine as well. If you would be so kind as to subscribe, if you have been listening, I would greatly appreciate it. A review wouldn't hurt, but you owe me nothing. So, I won't spin my tires much longer. As always, take care of yourself, children.